Yo, what's good, guys? My name is Chris, also known as Nightwing2303 from Blairtesters.com, and we're about to go 101 with Don Drew. Yo, welcome to episode 9 of the 101 podcast. I'm Don Drew, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Don Drew. My next guest has been bringing you the best and most accurate in-depth performance reviews on basketball sneakers for more than a decade. His website and YouTube channel, Wear Testers, cover all the biggest brands, and his reviews are completely objective. Chris, or you may know him as Nightwing, joins me one-on-one to relive the last dance and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the one-on-one podcast. I'm Don Drew, and I'm here with my guest, Nightwing. Uh, You might know Nightwing from WearTesters.com. He's probably the best performance review guy on the web. Um, Chris, what's going on, man? Welcome to one-on-one. Thank you for having me. Uh, how's it going? It's going well, going well. I'm real happy to have you on. I want to get into Last Dance with you, and I want to talk about, you know, do some MJ and some Bulls history. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do that, I want to talk a little what's going on with you and with the channel. Uh, just chugging along, you know, being consistent. Uh, the name of the game, basically. We just hit the uh, 500K subscriber mark, which was a cool milestone to hit, um, especially being one of the older youtube guys or the older sneaker youtube guys um so yeah so i'm just proud of what we're doing and, and keeping it moving yeah that's awesome i mean five hundred thousand, especially because you know you kind of created a lane for yourself and you've been doing this a long time now you created 11, that lane 11 for, years yeah yeah you created that lane for yourself and you never drifted when other guys touched on performance reviews they would do some and then they would do unboxings and do this and do that and some of the goofy stuff you mm-hmm. kind of stay dedicated and focused. Well, yeah, I've tried other things because I, I do want to – I have other interests and other passions. Um, so we've tried to, you know, mix those into the channel when possible, but it's not – I don't feel like we need to force it in there. But um, the main the main thing about the channel is, like, the, the channel's name, Wear Testers. Is we wear shoes. We test them. We give reviews, real reviews. We're not pointing and looking at colors together. We're talking about quality, craftsmanship what your money's getting you yeah that's that's pretty uh that's pretty good and you guys now do you guys get the product straight from the vendors or um, well, you we, guys we have, buy like, yeah you know, we buy our product um so it's a little bit different uh now than it used to be actually um because we used to get seated quite often and we don't get seated really anymore so uh, i guess that's like what happens when you tell the truth all the time um whether you're getting gifted or not they don't really appreciate that so uh, right but that's so, yeah. better though because then the viewer can really trust what you're saying correct yeah i always was honest um or i've been honest this whole time but i understand when people say like oh that was gifted maybe he's holding back or whatever um if you would i've done this actually i look at like original reviews and seated reviews and current reviews and i still talk the same shit so it is it is what it is you have to like want to you know, have that narrative if you want to uh, see it that way. But I do understand. Um, when, how do you, I mean, you, you can't review every single basketball shoe on the market. How do you, not all of them, but we, we do a lot of them. (laughs) How do you decide, how do you decide, you know, what makes the cut? Um, well, signatures are priority because those are the ones that, uh, you you know about this, the, the whole SEO thing. Um, that's what people are searching for. So you need to get those out. So SEO is the search engine optimization, right? Correct. Yeah. And as most of us in footwear understand is that names attached to models 
tend to sell more than just a Nike team shoe or a Jordan team shoe. Um, so, so yeah, so signatures are, are usually the, uh, the go-to, um, but I have a general curiosity for Asia brand shoes or, um, you know, team models, hyperdunks, uh, which isn't a line anymore, but anything like that. Uh, I even will go to a famous footwear and I'll see something on the shelf and I'll be like, oh, I want to try this. And so I'll grab that. Um, but yeah, signatures are priority. Um, and then we get as much as possible, as much as my legs can handle uh, after that. So when you say Asia brand, you're talking like leaning. Yep. Things Anta, like that. Um, peak, stuff like that. Now, nowadays, they do have signatures, which is good for them because now they're getting that kind of searching history where people are looking up clay thompson shoes or whatever but beforehand you know it was just like oh those are chinese garbage shoes is what the majority of u.s consumers would think and and it's not exactly like that they're very similar to uh, a nike product it's just they're a little bit wider so for somebody who hasn't watched the channel hasn't seen reviews how does an asia brand shoe stack up against your major inline brands uh, funny enough, especially nowadays, they got the same shit going on. So, oh, sorry. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, you can say whatever you want, man. Absolutely. Okay, cool. My bad. I always do that. No, no, <laughs> no. Go for it. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, the, the materials are like the same. And then um, nowadays, ETPUs, like Boost, uh, that's like all the craze as far as cushion goes. So every brand kind of has that. So it doesn't matter which one you're talking about, but all the Asia brands have it too um textiles are in so heavy knits and stuff like that uh, the main takeaway though is that that market plays primarily outdoors which is something that we as u.s consumers have the luxury of being able to play indoors primarily so if you're looking for like a blacktop shoe you know usually an asia market shoe is built like rugged so you can get something that'll last you a little bit longer and where does one go to get those like if i'm a consumer who's really looking to get a true performance shoe i watch your reviews and i, I decide i want a leaning or an antic i can't just walk in a footlocker and get that no that's actually one of the problems is that uh there's two problems one is that they don't go past usually a size like 10 and a half 11 uh us just because they don't they don't have like you know large players like that overseas and the second thing is that they're not available in stores uh they've tried it a few times with clay shoe and they just don't sell well uh, so they don't they don't have them in here. But if you were ever looking, um, I typically will go to a website called FamujiSneaker.com. They're like a like a reselling platform for Chinese branded shoes. And then most recently, Amazon, like these brands like uh, Li Ning, have been selling direct to consumer through Amazon. So you can get them through there and with like prime shipping. Now you weren't always you didn't always have a wear testers website, right? <laughs> Um, I've always had a website. Uh, so like I started on YouTube first and then I got hired on um, as a, just like a regular writer at sneakerpilots.com. Um, worked my way up to being their editor and we moved the the channel kind of like into that site. Uh, so it was like half video based, half text. Okay. Um, and then I left them, made my own site and it was just nightwing2303.com. Um, but that's not really like a brandable, you know what I mean? Right, like right, nobody, right nobody knows what that is. Like that's not SEO friendly whatsoever as far as sneakers or this basketball is concerned. So I made kicksoncourt.com, ran into some issues there with a competitor, uh, then was forced to kind of rebrand and that's where that's right. I forgot play. about that. So you, you had that issue. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but I'll talk about anything, man. I don't give two shit. All right. So, all right, good. We'll go to that. I forgot about that. I, shame on me. So you, you were doing the kicks on court. 
and then had an issue there with with um nice 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 kicks yeah nice kicks and, and um, Matt Halfell. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, they they uh, Matt Halfell. Uh, you know, hats off to him. He's uh, accomplished in this industry and stuff like that. Um, he's a very intelligent person. On top of that knows seo like nobody's business so he's able yeah. to kind of like get that get that going and stuff so he was able to file trademark on my business name which was kicks on court uh based off of a small little article that they would do once in a while showcasing um players uh sneakers and stuff like that and then they moved it into the youtube space um and all of that and then uh, you know uh, apparently the way that the u.s government works is like super sloppy so you know no surprise there but you can just file trademark on anything they don't care to look uh, to see if anybody's doing business as so did uh, that he so. trademark did he trademark it after you were already up and running and building oh yeah oh yeah it was well after um because he i remember as soon as i had bought the domain he had hit me up and he was like hey can I get that domain from you? I've been wanting to do this, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I was like, well, if you wanted to do it, like that domain had been available, like I didn't like pay extra for it or something. You know what I mean? Um, so I was like, you should have got it uh, yourself. And then he was like, well, I'll trade you a different name for it. So he started giving me all of these like crappy ass sneaker blog names. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm good. And then he got irritated and was just like, well, I'm going to get that name either way. And I was like, okay, you go do that. And I didn't realize that he was going to, you know, go and trademark that shit from under me. So um, that was a wow. slick way to do it. So yeah, so I, I, I learned my lesson from there, though. So you know, again, uh, hats off to Half Hill, you taught me a good lesson. Uh, as soon as we did the wear testers thing, I trademarked the shit out of everything. So um, so yeah, so How, I own all that stuff. Uh, that's, you know, but not, you know, nice kicks is like, that kicks on court doesn't even, it doesn't that, even do it doesn't no, make yeah, any waves. Yeah, he doesn't do anything with it anymore. Um, it's one of those things like a, like a like if you got kids or we both got kids, but like if your if your youngest sees the oldest has something, he wants it. He doesn't even need it. Doesn't really want it. He just wants it because they got it, and that's how it kind of felt. Um, so he won his little battle there. But I like to say I won the war because uh, I'm still active. I'm still going. I'm still doing this. And uh, what yeah. testers is bigger than kicks on court was. So that's a win in my book. And really, nice kicks has has headed in the wrong direction over the last couple of years, big time too. I don't, I don't know. I don't even frequent any of the blogs, so I have no idea what they're doing over there. Well, that tells you because you used to see them. You used to oh, maybe, used maybe. be unavoidable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in yeah. the it, it, you know, in the old when I say the old days, I don't mean the old days. I mean like the old internet days, Correct, like yeah. mid, like like mid, late two thousand nine, ten, eleven years when everything was just kind of. Yeah, you know the twitters when, and when the, the yeah the, when when social media sort of taken off with sneakers. Which yeah, is, I a, mean it was unavoidable YouTube era and all that exactly. Yeah, because I don't. I remember I never followed any of the blogs, but I always knew what was on them because you'd see them all over the internet. Yeah, well now it's Instagram, so even even if it's their account, it doesn't really register because everybody's reposting the same shit. You know what I mean? And so it's like you could see right. it on joe schmo's thing and still get the same effect you get the same news it doesn't even matter so and that's where you kind of differentiated yourself because you never went you stayed in that lane and you stayed dedicated to that yeah like we've done news and things like that but our main thing is our reviews which is something that i feel like nobody really touches us on um not to be cocky or anything like that but uh i feel like like i do give the best reviews uh the best breakdowns i'm not 
I'm not 100% accurate all the time, um, but I try to be, and I'm always up for learning. So, um, you know, and that's just pretty much how I operate. Well, the, the other good thing for you is that even if the popularity of sneakers tails off mm-hmm. from, a, from a style fashion standpoint, from like being trendy or whatever, mm-hmm. you're kind of... People still need basketball shoes. Yeah, 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 because yeah. You're, you're, you're sport-inspired. You're not fashion-inspired. Correct. Like everything, everything that you see these brands do now uh, was inspired by Mike's on-court style and play. If we're going to tie the last dance into this, and yeah, we'll go into it. Yeah, we'll we'll take it from that. There. That's where my inspiration of all of everything is from. Is that like I'm basketball first, and then I wanted those shoes because of Mike, and uh, I want to know how they play. Um, I've played in all of them. Uh, some of them retro, some of them originals, all of that stuff, and um, that that kind of like era is what what inspired me to to be basically like what i am today so um that's always the forefront is performance first uh but we do dabble in like you know we'll, we'll do a retro review and all that stuff because there's nostalgia attached to it which is also something i feel like i'm best at uh because i i remember things a certain way and so you're able to tell a story that's kind of why i wanted to bring you bring you up now because you know, with the last dance finishing yesterday, we're taping this on Monday, uh, the nineteenth. So, with with the last dance just getting finished, mm-hmm. I thought it would be a good opportunity to bring somebody on who was there. You know, who who was inspired oh. by Mike, and yeah. and I think I, I think that's what you know. I think you can you can lend a little perspective there, both from the sneaker angle and also from the basketball angle historically. What'd you Correct. think? So, so what'd you think of the doc? First of all, um, I, I loved it. Uh, it was, it was so interesting to see uh, stuff that I don't remember because they, they went back in time um, all the way back to, you know, 84, 85 and all that stuff. And then kept rewinding it. Um, and then going back to the, the 98 season. Um, so I loved seeing things that I had never seen before. Cause I was so young. Um, the, the second three Pete, um, which I had said in some of like my own like recap videos of the series is that that's where I really start to remember things because those were my high school years. And it was even more interesting to see what I saw or experienced as a kid now as a, as an adult and to have kind of like two different sets of lenses on the same subject, you know what I mean? So it's like, it was right. so interesting to see, like what I was thinking back then, like, like earlier today, we actually, right before I jumped on with you, I filmed my recap video too for the last two episodes. And I was explaining to my wife that I hated Reggie Miller when I was in high school because that dude almost took out Chicago. Like, you know what I mean? And to see someone like that now, I have nothing but respect for Reggie Miller and the, the, the athlete that he was and the player that he was. So it's so, so cool to see two perspectives from the same brain. Yeah. It's, it's funny because in my memory of Mike, it's probably like late 80s. Late 80s is when I kind of picked him up, dunk contest and all that. And they didn't really, they didn't really do a ton on the dunk contest. Yeah. It was more, you know, his, his ascension to being the greatest of all time and, and his work ethic and, and his, his attitude – and a lot of that stuff hit me different 
as an Correct. adult, you know, and, and exactly. And now I didn't grow up in Chicago. I grew up in New York. Close enough. So, yeah, because <laughs> so, I'm, I'm from the I'm from the Bay. So half the stuff that I was also explaining that half the stuff we didn't get the I didn't have cable. So we weren't getting the news unless things were so big. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, it was it was real wild, man. Like we didn't get to see those regular season games usually unless they were against the Warriors or against Sacramento. Well, I was until, a, the, until the playoffs. I was a Nets fan, so I used to go to the Meadowlands and see, and see Mike, um, mm-hmm. all the time. And 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 then the Knicks were in the playoffs with him, you know, four or five times. And I and although you're not a Knicks fan, it's the local market. So correct, yeah. You know, I I I would get to see him, but all this all the stuff was always from that lens. It was so interesting to see it from Mike's lens. That, that's the biggest takeaway is that you finally get to see or not see, but hear straight from his mouth, literally unfiltered what he thought, not just back then, but how he thinks of it now. And these are things that we never got in a pre social media age uh, where we didn't get these quick takes or these quick sound bites or quick pictures. We, if we got a picture like him, laying on the locker room floor winning after that 72-10 season, we never heard the audio. We didn't hear him bawling his ass off because he, you know, won that on Father's Day and he was hurting. Like, we never – it was – it really, like, hit you, you know, and, and it's like wait. crazy. You'd have to wait for the next day for the newspaper to come out to yeah. read what the beat guys wrote about it, and then it's your local beat guys. That's so you not- thing is that, it, yeah, it's so different, you know. It's, it's – nothing was d- from the source. It's not, it's not like how it is today where everybody's able to get someone on someone's podcast or on their YouTube channel or their Instagram live or something like that. It's, it was so, so different. Uh, I mean, just even the little bits that we got of what Dennis was going, like what Dennis was doing back. Like, I was like, they, they let him get away with so much shit. It's so crazy. I know. And, and, and the other thing that's really interesting is that, um, when you think about the generational gap, mm-hmm. right? And now, you know, if Dennis goes to Vegas and everybody's got a camera phone, it's all over the internet. You know, in he, an instant. He doesn't even land and people know. Yeah. And, they know and, he's going there. And all, <laughs> I mean, so all, the stuff, all the stuff. I mean, imagine if Scottie Pippen asks out of the game now. Twitter that, would destroy him. Not just that, his, his legacy's over. That's the legacy. That's the, the cap, you know? And so it's like th- these guys were, were fortunate in a sense to not be in this era where this cupcake era, you know what I mean? Where like KD's got an got a image attached to him now after, you know, so many years in the league and stuff like that. And there, it almost feels like there's nothing he could do to, to kind of like turn that around. Yet back then, these guys were just, I mean, it was so different. It was so it's so interesting to see the contrast. And, and uh, I had said like in, in our little video recap that uh, that era of basketball, that nineties era really did kind of like lay the foundation of what the NBA is now. Um, and so it's, you know, everything from, from their dress codes to the player contracts, the way that they treat uh, or hold themselves against the ownership uh, where they can like, you know, voice uh, out of like a racist uh, owner and all that like it just it's so different it is so different totally and, and what about like kobe saying there is no five rings there is no kobe without mike 
I mean, I thought yeah. that that was, I think a lot of people felt that way, but to hear him say it. That's, uh, <clears throat> that actually, that gets me. I, I, I grew up when Co- Kobe was close in age to me. Um, as far as like when he entered the league. So me as I'm well. In, yeah. Me as well. I'm, I'm in high school. I'm seeing a teenager jack up air balls in playoff uh, basketball. I'm seeing him fake MJ's moves, the, 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 the pivot uh, fadeaway jump and all that stuff. And, and, you know, back then a lot of us were like, like, Oh, this is just a fake MJ. He's just, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a, he's an MJ clone. Um, and hindsight, Nowadays, I'm like, man, I wish that I was more appreciative of what Kobe gave us on the floor while he was giving it to us because he is the closest thing that we've had since MJ as far as seeing something that amazing on the floor. You know right. Well, I mean? the, the thing is, is that MJ influenced a whole generation of, of, of ballers. The same way that Tiger Woods influenced the generation of golfers. MJ. Correct influenced the generation of ballers and there were a ton of guys that were trying to do those moves and trying but to be not, like not Mike. all of them not all of them had that mentality though no none of them did and none of them had the skill that kobe had so mm-hmm. they all tried to i mean when you think about guys like isaiah Ryder and harold minor and yep. um i mean there's just hundreds of guys that came through that that were all you know the next Stack month house grant hill like yes I mean, they're, they're even Vince Carter to an extent. Even Vince Carter to an extent. Yes, and it's 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 insane to see how finite that type of talent is. Like it's it's in in a sea of of there's amazing basketball players all over the world. So few of them get to go to this level of basketball, and then there are so few on top of that that excel over all of them. And it's just crazy to see that. It's it's literally a once in a generation thing where it's just like man I, I was very lucky to have lived through I, I guess all of these eras whether you're talking about the MJ era the Kobe era and now the LeBron era it's like it's it's so nice to be able to sit here as an adult and be like man I should really appreciate this while it's happening. Did you have a, a favorite episode of the series? A favorite episode. Honestly, no, because it all blends in my brain as one big thing. Um, my main thing was like, like I just remember the first episode, I was shocked that they had footage of, of him on the college campus. And I was like, whose idea back in the 80s was it to grab a film camera? And you know what I mean? Because like, it wasn't a small thing. It wasn't a phone in your pocket. Like, no, it was you, huge. Yeah. yeah it was a monstrosity really, to carry that it, around. Exactly. You really had to have some foresight to be like, hey, this guy's going to be somebody. You know what I mean? Whether that but he was, was the third pick in the draft. I think that sometimes gets a little bit like um, played. Over- yeah, like overplayed, overstated maybe. Because yeah. he was the third pick in the draft. This isn't some underdog. He was no. a great college player. He was a national champion. He was a great yes. college player. But like I say, you've seen this, you've seen this type of, of – talent hit the league before and we don't see the this type of greatness con- consistently you know like not everybody's right. a magic or a bird or a dr j like there there's always the potential but very few reach that potential or even excel and and that's where he was at like it was just it's it's so finite that that, that type of talent was there 
anything that the documentary didn't touch that you wish they would have gone in, into or something that they didn't go deep enough into for your liking? Um, so they, they touched on topics that I didn't think that they were going to hit, uh, like his, his father's passing. Um, that I was surprised to, to but hear. But they had to. They couldn't. It would have been, no. been, been like a, a, a state on it. Correct. It would have been irresponsible to gloss over it. Um, but I still thought it was interesting that they went there. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one thing that I wish that it really had nothing to do with the 98 season though, uh, which is why I understand why it's not there, but I would have liked to have heard from MJ's mouth, what he thought of his own post Chicago career. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. They didn't give you anything on the wizard. Not a, no, not a single thing. And right. Almost like it didn't it. happen. Exactly. And that's when, when the show ended, the, the, the last credit rolled, I was like, oh, wow. They didn't even say like he came back for a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was like, man, that's weird. So that's the one thing that I do wish was there that I feel like was missing is that, is that there was more basketball played by this guy and he didn't talk about it. Right. What, what do you think? Um, what do you think? this documentary inspired, do you think it inspires or spawns more documentaries like this? Do you think players will be more likely or less likely to allow that kind of access to themselves going forward? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I did think that it was interesting that we were hearing uh, after the document uh, doc docuseries aired that there was going to be a Kobe uh, docuseries or there was going to be a David Stern uh, series and, and so on. So I thought that that was interesting um, that this kind of like spawned their announcements of these things. I don't know if, if a player today, especially with how social media is, would want even more camera time. You know what I'm saying? Like they already right. don't get a break. And so it's like, do you really want somebody real, real world in it following around? That's a, a deep cut there. If, I don't know if real world is still a show, but like really, you know, watching you at all times. And I, I don't know if a LeBron James or, or so on would want that. Right. Speaking of LeBron, this, this, this documentary has really accelerated all these MJ versus LeBron. Mm-hmm things and and which is kind of sad <laughs> it is sad it, it is and, you know? and, and i was that's that's kind of where i was going was like why does it have to be mj versus lebron exactly that's that might be one of my biggest takeaways from the whole thing in general is uh everybody's like this like i said when i was a kid i didn't like kobe i didn't like reggie i didn't like stockton and malone and you know what I mean? Like these were the, the enemy. Um, but looking back on it, I really appreciate all of them and what they've done uh, for the game of basketball. And that's where I feel like the fan base should be at is, hey, let's appreciate LeBron while LeBron's playing. Like, let's stop cutting the guy down because it's not like he hasn't accomplished anything. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and so that's, that's my main that that's with anything in general though it's like it's like oh this person got uh 5100 subscribers on youtube but his channel's not as good as that guy and it's like oh thanks let me have my little moment you know what i mean so like that's that's a thing and i don't think that that society in general allows for that and i think that that's sad 
is is Le, is LeBron when it's all said and done? Do you think he's going to be remembered the same way Mike is? Uh, I don't know because this docu series really fucked that up for him. So, like, <laughs> no, nobody is quite like Mike. Is is what I took from this thing. You know what I mean? Like this guy was something else. But you know, I think the thing that LeBron is 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 more much more than just a basketball player. And, that, and that's Mike that's wasn't definitely something. Mike wasn't. Mike was a basketball player. And he was, and he, and he, that's all he cared about. Yeah. And he wanted to be that more than anything else, even at the expense of other things in his life. Correct. And LeBron, LeBron's not that guy. No. And, and again, that era of basketball allowed for LeBron to be more than what he is on the court. You know what I mean? Um, if it, yeah, but, if it but, wasn't but Chris, for... But he wants to be more. Mike could have done all the things that LeBron does. Mike could have done them mm-hmm. if he wanted to. Mike could have opened a school if he wanted to. He has the this money. Is, this, this is true. Those, he didn't those want things because yeah. he, he was singularly focused. Correct. Which, which could be a, a, what some might spin as a downfall on these new-gen players where they're not focused. They're all over the place. You know what I mean? Because they're distracted. There's social media, there's parties, there's this, there's that, whatever. Um, so you could take it either way. I, I do think that it's important to understand, though, that, that LeBron is using his, his voice or his platform, his influence for good. It's not – could you imagine if Dennis Rodman had that type of – like what would the narrative be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. So it's like – I think that it's important to understand that, that they are different uh, and it's, it's very apparent, um, but not necessarily in a bad way. You know what I mean? So I think that LeBron's done a lot of good and stuff. Like I'm not a big LeBron fan as far as like LeBron, the basketball player goes, but I am a fan of LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like off court. Right. Right. No, I, I, I agree. And, and I felt that way. And I felt that way about Kobe. I was not, mm-hmm. I was not yeah. a Kobe fan. At all. Same, same. Not yeah. a Kobe fan as a player, but Kobe, the second act of Kobe, the dad, the, the creative, the, the, the humanitarian Kobe, yeah. I thought was incredible. I was, I was more connected to Kobe after he retired than I ever was while he was playing. It, we, we realized too late that these people are people. You know what I mean, and and it's uh it's real unfortunate. LeBron is a person. Uh, well, I Kobe's think, a person. Yep, and they're, I they're think, not robots. I think the thing is though, I can't connect with these guys athletically, right? I, Correct, I, I'm yeah. just I'm just I don't have that that talent, right? Mm-hmm. I can't connect with them athletically. There's nothing that LeBron can do that I can do athletically. It's not we're not even the same like like planet, yeah. but. But you can connect with them as a parent, as a person, because, you know, Kobe taking his daughter to a basketball game, coaching his daughter's team, going to graduations, that's all of us. Correct. You know, and that's where I feel that connection. 
you know, when LeBron's at his kid's basketball game and he's cheering his kid on, he's no different than us in that moment. Yes, and to to their credit, we didn't see any of that with these guys in the 90s. You know totally. what I mean? No, totally. Like we, we just didn't. And this was the, one of the first times where we actually were open to – they even talked to his kids. They talked to uh, uh, Marcus and Jeffrey, and they were like, yeah, we weren't even allowed in Utah that year. Like, it was too dangerous, you know? And, and it's like, dang, that's crazy. It made me wonder – it made me wonder, you know, was Mike that dad? Was he, it, was he there when Marcus and Jeffrey were playing ball? Was he at the games? Was he on the court pumping his fists? Or was he really focused on his game and, and, and if, his goals? We, I, won't, we don't, I don't know. know if, not just that, but I don't know if he would have been able to anyways without, like, hiding himself. The guy couldn't go outside. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. He, he, he was black Jesus. He was like the Beatles, you know? Like, it was just like the guy goes outside and he's just swarmed instantly. So, if he goes to his kid's game, what Is happens? society desensitized by these guys now that guys like Carmelo and LeBron can go out and watch, or Kobe can go do that and not be swarmed? Is, is society I don't know. I don't know if desensitized? I don't know if they're desensitized or if they're – uh, just a little bit more respectful now, or maybe because we do see them on social all the time, we just we're aware of them, but we don't want to bother them. I really don't know. Maybe it just depends on like the security at wherever they're at. Um, like, I mean, it could be anything. Uh, it's it's just really interesting that there, it's such a huge contrast, and there's not really a definitive answer one way or the next because again, there's very little documentation as far as social goes back then so it's we really don't know um so that makes something like this like a docuseries so insightful and captivating because we're finally able to see a little bit inside you know taking it to the 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 sneakers end of it you know guys like us who grew up with those shoes yeah and watching first of all it's crazy how every shoe looks so fly on mike uh, it's almost sickening. I feel so bad for my legs. <laughs> like, where it's did these, amazing. Where it's did like these come from? <laughs> every shoe just looks so, just looks perfect for him. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing. Like I, it, I talked about this on one of my videos. He was sitting in the locker room with his leg posted up in the white and red 13. Yep. The cherry 13. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I cannot make those look anywhere near as cool as that ever. I've tried. I had that too as a golf spike. Yeah, there's just no way that it's looking as cool as it did no. on Mike. You know? No. Uh, even a baseball uniform looked better on him than it did anybody else. Like, it's just like, what was it with this person that really did just grab all of your attention, you know? And it's like, it's, it's, it's insane. Uh, I just, every, everything that he, that we knew growing up about him, you know, the double layered shorts, the chewing the basketball or chewing the gum, um, all, all of these things I tried to emulate. Like I wore shorts underneath my clothes for fucking decades. You know what I mean? Like no. until they fought, fell apart and stuff. And so it's like, it's like, th this is, this is, uh, I was trying to explain this to my wife. Like, like you're seeing now why, uh, I'm so into what I'm into, you know what I mean? And I just still don't even know if she quite gets it. Um, what, 
what you mentioned the 13s was there a shoe a specific shoe from the documentary that jumped out at you that just was like oh my god this shoe is just uh i i will say well there was two there was two two moments um go ahead the the first the first moment was when he pulled the 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 ones back out at the garden MS. Yeah, and I remember watching that game, and, and as a kid, I'd been infatuated with that shoe because uh, it, it. I don't know what it is about retro stuff, but I'm just always been into it. And so, like, I was in high school when that game aired. Uh, there were no retros at the time. Um, they had a small stint in '94 that didn't really take off. Uh, so he busts out this original pair, and I was, I was like, wow, like this is what I've been like. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I never even knew it, and then. Uh, the the second thing was when he busts out the uh, the 14s, and he holds Utah to 54 points. Like I'm just like, yo, that was like a like a crazy moment where you're just like, you you look good, you feel good, you play good. Like the, he was unstoppable in his new shoes, and right. nobody even knew knew what they were. Like we right. didn't have, we had no pictures, we had shitty TVs, uh, no clarity. Like they were all black, nobody knew nothing. Like it was just those moments were special. See, I, I'm not a ones guy, not because I don't like the way they look. Of course, it's impossible not to like the way they look, but I can't wear them. They're just not wearable for me. I can't wear them. So for me to one and, 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 you know, like you, I was in high school when that happened. I I was in New York and I went to, and I grew as, like I said before, I I was grew up a Nets fan, but I went to a lot of those games because an uncle of mine used to get Nick tickets all the time. So I went to, I was fortunate enough to, to be in the garden for a lot of those, those games, the Reggie Miller, Nick's battles, the, the, the Jordan Nick's battle as, as an, like an objective observer, because my team wasn't there. Yeah. And those, and, those might be some of the funnest games to watch though. When, when you don't really care who wins, you're just enjoying the game. Absolutely. And I had, and I had a lot of respect for Ewing and for those Knicks teams. And I really thought the 93 Nick team, was going to be I thought they were going to beat them. They should have beat mm-hmm. them. They should have beat them. They were up 2-0. They were up 2-0. Then the game 5 with the Charles Smith game, I mean, they should have won that game. Absolutely. Maybe. And the Maybe. thing that the thing that doesn't and I was at that game, the thing that doesn't get told in the documentary, but I remember cuz I was there, the mm-hmm. the Knicks missed 15 free throws that day. Mm-hmm. They were like something like 20 of 35 from the line. It, and it killed them. And that team, yeah. the free throws killed them that whole series. They should have beat. They were. They should have beat the Bulls that year. You know, it's 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 funny because <clears throat> something as small as a free throw, and you're just like, ah, whatever. But nah, man, this shit, every buck counts. Every every possession, every opportunity, and I think maybe that is what Jordan and and his squads did best is they really did seize whatever opportunities they had, and they just locked it all up. But but back to the sneakers thing. I thought I thought the flu game twelve just looked so badass. I love those two. It yeah, looked I, so badass revisiting <clears throat> on the documentary and seeing it in action. And I just was like, my God. Well it's it's funny because the, the those later series or those later seasons I should say, um again my high school years, so seeing even Tony Kukoc were in the team once. Loved it. Um, 
seeing Scotty wear his Pippins, the ones and the twos. The, the or Zoom BJ Air Armstrong, versions. I think, was with the Pro Quick, right? Um, no, BJ was wearing the Team Ones also. Team Ones, that's right, that's right. Yes. Uh, the, the, he was wearing the Navy Ones. Um, and so it's like, it's like these, these little tiny moments of shoes that people think are garbage nowadays, like these yep. team shoes. And I'm, I'm sitting there being like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like they showed a shot of Jordan sitting uh, midcourt at the, at the table um, with his legs out, feet crossed, and all you could see was the bottom of the soles, but he was wearing the Jumpman Pro Quick, which was Eddie Jones' shoe at the time. And so, to me, I'm sitting there being like, man, this guy really, especially when the, – because that was the beginnings of the, the brand Jordan. Yeah. Uh, he was testing everything himself. He personally seeing to it and make sure that that shoe with his emblem on it really did make the cut. So, so I thought that that was dope. Chris, so what's your favorite – give me your top three Jordans of all time. Your personal top three. And then if there's a quick, like, anecdote or story as to why that shoe is – um, the, the, the one has just always been something I'm infatuated with. Like I said, something, something about that, that, that look, even the Nike dunk does it to me. It's got that eighties style, that back to the future style sure. vibe to it, where I don't know what it is, but I think that era is really cool. Uh, you know, MC hammer pants, splatter paint, all right. that stuff. Well, I, that's I really, like also really of all the Jordans mixes performance and style and, and casual better yes, than the other style it does it really well it's it's a shoe that can still be played in but it's definitely very thin like that you're literally on the floor it's very interesting to see where shoes have gone um but that is kind of like if you will the one that kind of started it all okay so um, after the one give me what the, else the white cement fours that's another one where i don't even i was so young i, I have no idea why i it's just a visual thing something about that shoe i'm just attracted to it um Personally, though, I have I have two of I guess like my tide as far as like my all time faves. Um, one is the black and red eleven. Uh, it's because that was the first Jordan I ever had. Uh, my older half brother, I went to go visit him. He pulled out from under his bed because I was bugging him. I was like, "Hey, I want to play you basketball. I want to beat you." All this stuff, and so he pulls out these shoes because I didn't have my basketball shoes with me. And he's like, "Here, you can just wear these." And I was like, "Yo, what the? How did you even get these?" And like he was like, ah, "I don't." Like, he he did not give two craps about sneakers and stuff. So he just gave them to me. And I was like, no way. And so I just love that shoe for that reason. But then the first shoe that I bought with my own money was the Jumpman Pro, which was the brand's first uh, non-signature Jordan shoe. And I still have a pair to this day, like the originals, the black and reds. And um, I, just, I just fucking love them. They're, they're amazing. That's dope. See, for me, the, the Jordan 4 was the first one I bought with my own money. Um, I, I, I got a, I got a paper which, route, which, which was, colorway, the, the white, red and black, the, the fire white, reds. Yeah. The fire red, true red. I nice. think we, I was called them the true reds, mm -hmm. but, um, I had a paper route and, and funny story. I grew up in Brooklyn. And so I got this paper route. I was 11 years old because I couldn't afford to buy the Jordan three. So the Jordan 3 was the one that got me. It was like, oh, my God, this shoe. One of the kids in my, in, my, in my school had them on, and it was like, this shoe is fire. So I got this paper out, and when I got the paper out, it had 12 houses. And in those days, the daily news was three seventy-five a week. So people would give you a $5 bill, and you would keep the $1.25 in the tip, and you would pay the three seventy-five to the distributor. So I was making like $13 a week. 
that sucks. Sucks, right? <laughs> Just to think so, about that. And they offered you a $5 one-time commission for every new house you signed up. Uh-huh. So I started the paper route with 12 houses. When I got rid of the paper route, when I got my first job in the sneaker industry when I was in high school as like a sales associate in 95. So I got rid of that paper route at that point. The paper had like 160 houses. So that was my hustle. I was knocking on doors, selling houses, getting my $5 one-time commission. And now that $1.25 in the paper went up to, you know, $4.25 and and $4.50. But that dollar, dollar and change tip that I used to get now is like $160, $175 a week. And when you're 11, 12, 13 years old, it's not bad. But I saved up my money and I bought those red fours, those white and red fours. Mm -hmm. That was my first... Jordan, I had every pair of Jordans from four to 14, except for nine as an original pair. Was there a reason not to get nine? Yeah, because he didn't wear nine on the court. Interesting. He didn't wear nine, so I didn't wear nine. That was just, that was just. That's a a lot of people's thing, man. They don't, they don't respect it. Four for me was my first one, but the three is my favorite all time Mm -hmm. Jordan. The black cement three is my favorite all time, not just Jordan, it's my favorite all time sneaker. It's the, to me the greatest sneaker ever made. And my second favorite Jordan is the 12s. I love the 12s. That was the first shoe I bought on my discount when I was working in the sneaker industry. I, the, I just, I love the, the 12s. My most, uh, even with my favorites being what they are, my most worn shoe is the three, uh, especially the black cement. It's and just so, so wearable, it's, so versatile. It's, a, it, 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 it's one of the few shoes that looks better the more it's messed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the more love you put into it. Um, and then my favorite to play in though, are the 12 and 13. Like if I'm going to go play outside, inside, doesn't matter. And I get to pick any shoe I want. It's one of those two. And the funny thing is the 12 is, is as well, it's my set, like my second favorite Jordan, the flu game 12 to me was always like overlooked until now. Now I'm like, how did I always like sleep on that? So like, I have, I think I have a pair of cherry 12 sitting right next to me over here. I have taxi 12s. I- I'm sure I have a pair of. The playoff 12s, the, the black and white ones, those came out like June 4th, 1997, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have, but the, that, that flu game, I just kind of always overlooked. Ah, it's just another black and red Jordan. And then I see him in the last dance wearing it in the flu game all over again. And I'm just like, my goodness, what is wrong with me? It's, it's the, the 12 and the 13, funny enough, is one of the shoes where every original colorway, anytime I review one, I always say the same shit, which is this is one of my favorite colorways of all time on this shoe. And it's funny because it's like you pick any one. I know. Those original runs, they were all great. Yeah. It was so – and both of those shoes, I remember the first time I seen them, and each of them I had the same reaction, which was, what the fuck are they doing? Like I thought that they had departed so heavily from the 11 uh, with the 12. I thought the 12 was a clown shoe. And uh, the white and red one especially, and that's, again, one of my favorite colorways now. And and the 13, I remember seeing that for the first time as a freshman in high school. Some kid walked on the campus with them. Yeah, my, my, I do my originals are right back here. Um, and yeah, then I, have I see a, him. Yep. I have an 09 pair up there that I just wore a couple weeks ago, like right before the lockdown happened. And some kid stepped on them, and it ripped the sole off as I was playing in them. Oh, and my I, God. No, but it it was funny. He was wearing a pair of retro 13s. He started complaining, being like, I can't play in these stupid Jordans. Mine are fucking talking, and I'm whooping his ass. And Ah. I'm just like, yeah. And I was just like, you got to get your head in the game, man. Like, you you can't be doing that. But uh, 
but no so it's like it, it those two shoes were the two that that stand out as my favorite but also the two that I had to grow to love you know what I mean and, and watching him do what he did on the court like really accentuated that Chris when you you know you do the wear testers full-time now right yes what happens I mean look I mean you're still in, in great shape you're, you're young enough but what happens when getting out there and 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 housing guys on a basketball court ain't ain't it, it for you physically it it's already it's already happening last year i had a i had a i tore my calf um that sucked <laughs> so yeah uh, that's a sure. that's a a really rough injury to to rehab um especially once you're back on court your confidence in any move you do is not there um, but I rehabbed it and I've done it well. And before the lockdown, actually, I was playing some of the best basketball that I've played in a while. Um, so I felt great, but, um, luckily I've built wear testers to where it's a brand and we're slowly integrating, uh, new people. Uh, so that's always been a thing with me is, is to kind of share the platform, um, there you go. on, on the platform. Cause like we want to be able to build you know, wear testers is plural for a reason. Um, I do own weartester.com as well, just in case you're curious. Right, so Matt Alpoli. <laughs> yeah, you can't take shit from me now. <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he taught me a big lesson, man. So, again, like, he might have been uh, something to me at that point, but every every loss or lesson is just a lesson learned, you know. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and then, again, I built a brand to where this brand could be valuable to someone else so I could sell it um, and all that stuff and, and go on and build something else who knows there you go there you go before i let you go i mean give me your biggest takeaway from the last dance your biggest thing that 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 resonated with you uh my big my biggest thing is it ties in everything has been tying in with kobe lately for me it's just really appreciate what you have until it's because you don't know when it's going to leave um and and maybe even be vocal about it like let either if you're if you just have friends family whatever if you know these people personally let them know how much you appreciate them um because they're not like legends legends are here in our minds forever but they are still people we are all human we are flawed and we can die and we can leave you know what i mean like we don't last forever so it's like like i i really do hope that people appreciate a lebron or or whoever without constantly trying to belittle them you know, because uh, it, it takes a mental toll on these guys just as much as it would you or I. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest the biggest thing I got out of the last dance was watching every episode with my 10 year old son mm-hmm. and sharing sharing Mike with him because he, you know, he knew of Mike. He knows the sneakers. He, you know, has seen highlights here and there heard me or others talk about Jordan it's almost like Jordan was a mythical figure to him correct yeah and now like he he was playing 2k this morning like playing with the you know the 96 bulls and and he's all Jordan everything now and and to me that's dope that I got to share that with him so that was that, that that did it for me yeah my son's not quite there he's he's only six so like he'd come through uh, while we're watching it and he'd be like, Oh, so that's Michael Jordan. That's who's on my shoes. And I'd be like, yeah, man, like he, that's the, that's the man right there. Um, another, another takeaway though, is even though I lived through watching the greatest 
of all time, one of the greatest teams ever as well, it had been enough time to where this was the perfect time to re-release uh, re uh, this docuseries because it's almost like it had been so much time that you forgot. We needed it. And yes. And like, and I was telling yeah. my wife while we were watching, I'd be like, see, like he is the greatest. I've been saying this. People be telling me that I'm crazy for 11 years. I'm on YouTube. Like, I'm just like reminiscing about things that really weren't as great as they were. I'm like, no, like this guy was amazing. I still never have seen quite that ever since then, you know? And it's, yeah, just, it, was, it was awesome. It's, it was special, man. Like I'm privileged to have grown up and seen that like that it was amazing absolutely who was who do you think was the greatest nemesis to mike according to mike it was all of them <laughs> so, you know what i mean like like he fucking took every one of those guys personally from the coach on down man yeah he did um but, but if uh, there was, was one that you thought was the biggest nemesis the biggest thorn in his side i would say it was detroit detroit's really what molded him you know uh if it wasn't i agree his hatred for isaiah thomas to me oh it's on another level on another level and i think yeah. it's because of how good i think that's the one thing that kind of got maybe glossed over a little bit was how really good isaiah thomas was i actually really agree not just him but that squad uh they played real dirty and that might have overshadowed a lot of their skill sets but yeah we, they were great we talk about they were some of the greatest think about this uh, think about this chris the Pistons, not once, but twice, dethroned dynasty teams, great teams. They yeah. did it in, in, the in the early part of the 90s where they took the Celtics and ended their run and mm -hmm. won two titles and then did it in the middle 2000s when they ended the Lakers. And Rip Hamilton was wearing Jordans while he did it. He did. <laughs> so he did. It was so awesome. Uh, but so the Pistons like, he's, he's getting his revenge either way. That Pistons team was one of the great teams of all time. Yes. I agree. One of the greatest point guards ever. He and was small. And, 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 and they, and, and they make him out to be a real villain and Jordan hated him, but he was a great player and uh, he's not a great guy, but he's a great player. I don't know him personally, so I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like I don't uh, know these just guys. based on some of the stuff he did running the Knicks and, the Anuka Brown uh, stuff and his track record isn't great. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But I, again, I, I reserve to hold judgment until I know someone personally. Um, but as a as just a point guard, I mean, especially growing up in that time frame, like he was one of the greats. That like, he was he, one of the like, greats. Yeah, like if you were going to look up to a point guard, like that was that was one of them. I think, I think he's he was the guy that really gave Mike the the toughest time uh it, just that team was 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 rugged I, I you're seeing a guy that's seven foot tall like like lambeer run his body gracefully into you on purpose and i mean the guy was a big wall you know and it's just like like i couldn't believe that these guys were able to do physically the things that they could do and not injure themselves uh, let, let alone just wipe out the, the opponents. And uh, even Dennis back then was so intelligent on the floor where I'm just like, this guy was a, just a straight dog. Like if he might you be needed the, him. He might be the best defensive player of all time. I think he's, he's easily the best, not just defensive player, but the, the, the best rebounder or anyone to go after a basketball ever. 
I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. Well, listen, Chris, I appreciate your time. I think, uh, I think it was, it was a fun combo. Um, yeah, no, this was cool. I, I didn't expect like, it to be quite this nostalgic. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 that's kind of, like I said in the beginning, that's why I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to, I, I think it's awesome that, that the younger generation gets to share in Mike. But for this, mm-hmm. I wanted to have somebody of a certain age kind of be able to give their thoughts and their feelings and especially somebody with the knowledge of both basketball and sneakers that you have to kind of tie it all together. I thought that you were, you were definitely like the guy to, to do this with me and I appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And, and I look, I, I don't always, I don't always throw compliments out there, but, but you guys are the, the gold standard for, for sneaker performance reviews. And I Thank think you. you have been for a long time. And I wish you much success with the channel and the site. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Hey, be good. You too, man. Take care. Peace.